Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all of Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him, and he healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's get started with the first Corinthian passage today. It's essential. We say it on that special day and we say it all the time, lots of Sundays, Christ is risen. If that didn't happen, then we, according to Paul, are all kind of foolish and we ought to do something different. That grand miracle of the resurrection is the foundation of our faith. And it's more than just Jesus being raised in the hearts of the disciples or some kind of spiritual resurrection. No, the grave was empty, the grave clothes were set aside, and Jesus appeared to Mary and many of the disciples and even 500, according to the Apostle Paul, as we continue on from last week to this week. This is the core. This is what we stand on. Ken Ham, a young earth creationist, was in a big debate a while back with Bill Nye, the science guy, I always liked Bill Nye, the science guy, but he is a avowed atheist and says that all of us are pretty foolish to be teaching our kids about God and faith. And so he and Ken Ham are, had a big debate about evolution, but somewhere in the midst of that debate, Bill Nye asked Ken Ham, could anything happen that would make you question your faith? And of course, Ken Ham, you know, being a solid, strong Christian said what probably most of us would say, well, absolutely not. We're all in. 
But Kenaham was wrong. If you could prove that Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, that would make me question my faith. Because that is my faith. It isn't something I've concocted. It isn't something that I've thought up. It isn't a philosophy. It isn't a set of rules and regulations. It's an event that happened 2,000 years ago. That is the grand miracle for which Christianity cannot do without. C.S. Lewis makes this great point that in most religions, perhaps even to be so bold to say all religions, you could strip away all the miracles, but not Christianity. And the grand miracle of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection. And so that event also confirms for us the authority and the weight of Jesus' words. So Jesus says, blessed are the poor, blessed are the hungry, blessed are those who weep, and blessed are those who are hated. Now this totally counterintuitive, isn't it? But if Jesus is raised from the dead, then it's true. So we have to take seriously these blessings and these woes. In the Gospel of Luke, we hear the woes. Matthew, we don't hear the woes. The blessings are good enough, but then we start hearing those woes about being rich and being filled and being laughing and being joyful, and then that those get flipped around and all of a sudden, right away, everything goes wrong for us. We get things all mixed up. Because these blessings and woes send us scrambling and calculating. Are we in the blessed group? Or are we in the cursed or the group that gets the woes? And that word woes is like being miserable and just... How do we fit in all of this? Do we need to change something so that now we get in the blessed group versus the woes group? That's the way we think about it. We instantly want to try and figure this out and make this happen. Maybe we should all become poor. <laughs> You know, what happens for us when we hear these blessings as woe is we wonder, well, I'm not rich compared to Bill Gates and that Bezos guy. I mean, those, that, the woes go to those guys or gals. I mean, I'm just a, you know, working class person. But then if you start playing that game, you might think, well, who do you compare yourself to? Pretty much, I would venture to say, all of us who have running water are rich compared to a lot of people in the world. So, you know, we start figuring out, what do we have to do to get in the blessed group? What, or, may, you know, what is this about? And we get it all mixed up, of course, because that's not what this is about at all. These blessings are declarations. Jesus doesn't say, blessed are you if you will give up everything you have and become poor. I know there's another statement where he says that to a rich man, but I think it's clearly he's exposing that rich man's self-righteousness. He knew the one thing that he worshipped, and he went right for it. I've often said, if you come to Jesus thinking you're set and you're good 
I've basically been a good person. You know, I've done this, I've done this, or I haven't done that. Jesus is going to wipe, <laughs> knock you out from that presumption from underneath you. He doesn't want us to come to him with, I've been basically good, Jesus, so you're going to accept me, right? That's not the way Jesus wants us to come to God or to him. Jesus wants us to come with nothing in our hand, completely needing God's mercy. These are declarations, they're promises that are a complete reversal of the way we think of blessing and being blessed, isn't it? Usually we say we're blessed when what? Good things. And that's true and that's good. We should say we're blessed, not lucky, because we want to acknowledge everything is a gift from God. So we are blessed. And so keep using the word that way. But that's not exactly what Jesus is after here. Jesus uses the word and defines it completely separate from your circumstances. And that's the key. They're his promises of who is blessed and who is not. Now, to be sure, and let me just do a little footnote here on this. When we look at who Jesus says is blessed and who isn't, especially if we go in the first century and we know that rich people were always rich and poor people were always poor and it was rich and poor and that was it and there was no changing, there was no getting yourself up by your bootstraps, there's none of that. You were stuck in life wherever you were born. That was the world Jesus lived in. So most people would say, oh, the rich people are blessed by God. They're, they're set. They're great. God must love them. And these poor people, they're despised. They're common. They're ordinary. God doesn't think much of them. They're, you know, well, Jesus, you see, there's a big warning in that. Because what I see a lot today is when we see someone who's poor, we say, what did they do to mess up? You know, we, I don't need to care about them. They're down on their luck or whatever, or they've made a lot of poor decisions, so... You know, we don't, we don't need to be concerned about them. You know, if these, the poor are blessed, then they have to be a part of our heart as a Christian community. There's no question about that. I mean, how we care for the poor may be an option, but whether or not we do is not. I mean, I think Jesus would say, hey, watch out. In the world, this is the way it works. But in his kingdom, it's opposite. It isn't the winners that are blessed, it's the losers too. And so are we a community where there, those folks, which are truthfully all of us, are welcome and embraced? And do we engage in our community? So, so that, that's there, and that's, there's no question about that. But what I want to tell you today is that Jesus' definition of blessed is completely different. It is a proclamation of good news. He looks at us. And he says, blessed are you who are poor. Blessed when you're weeping. And, and they come from the outside and they define us. And they remove the shame and the, the guilt about our circumstances. This is the good news for us. When we drop the football, how do we feel? We feel rotten. I've done it. I still remember some mistakes I made on the football field however long ago that was. I mean, you know, it, did you get an A on the test? Did you, you know, we, we are so driven in our culture to get into the best school, to get there, to do well, to keep moving up the ladder, etc. And when things don't go well, internally, we feel bad, and get this, this is the key, we feel bad about feeling bad. 
right? Am I wrong about this? Don't we kind of, you know, wow. I, I mean, it's one thing I didn't get a good test on this, on the, or good grade on the test, but now I feel rotten about myself for not getting, you know, um, or whatever happens to us. Our circumstances are so powerful, but you see the beauty of this. Jesus comes in and he just, just utters these like lightning bolts. Blessed are you. And he flips everything around and blessing isn't our circumstances. It's what Jesus says about us. And in our baptism, as Angela and Alexander are baptized today, they get a promise that Jesus says, you are blessed, you are my child, I've got you forever. And each and every one of us get that blessing and that promise. Let's go to the beginning. Let's go to the beginning of, of the passage today. What's happening when Jesus, before he utters these blessings, People were coming from all over the world to be touched by him. Isn't that why you came today? Isn't that why you're listening today from home? To be touched by Jesus and healed. We come tired, don't we, of this pandemic? We come frustrated with all the ongoing restrictions and when they're going to be taken off and and we come, we come frustrated with mass, and then we come frustrated with those who are frustrated about the mass. <laughs> we come grieving because we've lost people we love. We come worried about world events like in the Ukraine. We come wondering about what's going to happen in our future, like which job do I choose, which direction do I go, did I make a mistake, should I have gone this way went instead of this way? We come with lots of broken relationships. We come with addiction issues and struggles with that. We come with all kinds of need to touch Jesus. And Jesus does look at you today and he says, I know your circumstances, but I'm telling you, you are blessed. And you might say, says who? says the one who's raised from the dead. The grand miracle that reverses everything and says you are God's blessed and beloved. That's God's valentine for you. Thanks be to God. Amen.